Hi everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Tapis Rouge. I'm your host, Guillaume Cauchois, and my guest today is one of the craziest stuntmen I've ever met in this industry. He's a huge Cirque du Soleil fan, and he actually started his career in circus. I'm talking about the legendary Stevo. Stevo, thank you for being with us today. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. So before we start, I wanted to ask you, because you're a man of many trades, so what, how would you define yourself? Like, are you an actor, a stuntman, a creator, an acrobat, an entertainer? How would you define yourself? I define myself as an attention whore. <laughs> that really is it. Like everything that I do, whatever form of performance, whatever, whatever activity I choose, generally I am motivated by uh, attention seeking. And when I call myself an attention whore, it's um, a little bit self-deprecating. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, making fun of myself, but to be very clear, there is no, there is no commodity known to man more valuable than the attention. Okay. Of yeah, I really think that, I think that that's true. You know, there's, there's gold, there's oil, there's this and there's that. But if you think about how much, uh, advertising, revenue drives the world that we live in. I think that we could say attention is the number one most valuable commodity. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. And we met the first time back in 2013 when you came to see Totem in New York City. And then you came back again in Santa Monica or somewhere in Los Angeles, right? The, the, the first time I saw Totem uh, was, I think it might have been 2012 in La Jolla, California. Oh, and, it was okay. second, and it was the second time I saw Totem was in New York. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And after... And it was fantastic. It was fantastic. I really, um, I really think um, that if, if there's a show from Cirque which is the gold standard, I would say it's Kidam. Yes. I think Kidam was really just uh, set the standard for all Cirque shows, but uh, Totem was, was so wonderful as well. I, th I thought Totem was, was my favorite. Yeah, uh, Kidam is awesome for sure. And Totem, I mean, it's the show I performed in, so it's a personal favorite. But you saw so many Cirque du Soleil shows. I heard that you also love Cirque du Soleil music. And so where do yeah. your passion from Cirque du Soleil come from? Well, I, um, as many people know, I began as a clown. Um, my professional career, I was a, a, a circus clown. I went to the Ringling Brothers Clown College. I, uh, Never worked in the Ringling Brothers Circus. My first job as a clown was working on, on uh, Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. Okay. And um, the, it was on Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines where I learned how to, uh, how to pass clubs, juggling, 
yeah. and, uh, and juggling and, and, um, it, I, I began listening to the, the soundtrack to Kidam. Oh, okay. And that was, you know, it was just, I plugged in my, my, I just listened to it on my headphones and, and practiced my juggling. And, and I just had so much, uh, just so much respect, especially when I saw Kidam. I think the first time I saw Kidam was on television. They had it on the Bravo channel. Yeah. And I was just so blown away by it. The, and um, I ended up working in another circus. Right? I went, ended up working in a circus called the Hannaford Family Circus. Okay. I believe I, believe I was in the Hannaford Family Circus when I first saw Kidam. And that's important because there were animals in the Hannaford Family Circus. They had three elephants, they had a tiger. And, um, and, and I, I felt that the, these animals in the circus uh, were mistreated. But, you know, that's a, it just it was wrong. You yeah, know, I, wrong. I, from, from my perspective, I thought everything going on with those animals in the circus was wrong. And, and, and that's where I was working as a clown when I first saw Kidam. And here, how, how wonderful Kidam. This was the most uh, impressive circus, the, the most impressive circus that there ever was. And it had no animals. It was better. It, it was, and it was, it, I, I really had a, a humongous respect for Cirque du Soleil because they didn't have animals. And, and of course, because the, the caliber of, of the, of the performance was so high. And, yeah. um, and, and I became uh, equally a fan of the soundtracks of the, of the Cirque as the shows and and i would i would really want to um you know in my life whenever there's a a, t- a time that i listen to one album or you know like one like piece of music like repetitively then later on in my life for the rest of my life whenever i hear that music it brings me back to that yeah. time when i was listening to it yeah for so sure so i feel it I feel like what I what I can do with music is uh, is is deliberately listen to one album a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Only listen to the one album so that I know for the rest of my life, whenever I hear that album, it's gonna it's gonna bring me back to that time. So so I essentially, I, it's like I, I I unify my experience in life to to music. And, 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 and I, it's like, I, I memorialize it. You know, I record the, the emotions, the feelings of, of a time in my life to music. And, and I've chosen to do that so many times with, uh, with Cirque du Soleil albums, you know, with the, with the soundtracks to the yeah. shows. Did listening Kidam music inspired you at the time in your job as a clown or oh, as a juggler? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it, it did so much. I mean, there, there was a, there was a song on Kidam and, and it was called let me fall. Oh, I get goosebumps. It make, makes me want to cry. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Like the idea, the idea of, of let me fall, let me climb. There's a moment when fear and dreams must collide. Oh, dude, I have such heavy goosebumps from that. The idea that there is a moment when fear and dreams must collide. It's beautiful, yeah. 
it's and that that to me in everything that I did in my life, I, I really committed myself to, you know, I'm going to be i I'm going to be a famous stuntman. I'm going to be this, this, this crazy thing. And, and I'm not even going to make any plans for that, for, for no backup plans. My only plan is I'm going to go all in, you know, and, and, uh, and that was my dream. And I had, and I, and it's just that, that song, let me fall. I almost feel like it was written about me. You wow. know, I, just, yeah. I love that so much. And, and what I would do with the, whenever I would find out that, that a Cirque show was coming or that I was going to go see, like, as soon as I find out that I'm going to see a Cirque show, the first thing I do is I I'd start listening to that album. Oh, to then, like then, pump you before going to see the show? Yeah, because because I wanna I wanna uh, record my this time in my life to that music, and also when I see the show, I wanna be familiar with the music. Like, oh, here's my song. Like, to, to be more involved in the performance when I see the show. And I'm do you already, have a fa do you have a favorite Cirque du Soleil album? Like a favorite soundtrack? Oh man, um, it's tough to say, but. Um, You know, Totem is is up there. I like that. There's uh, I really love Amaluna. Yeah, Amaluna. it's true. Yeah, Amaluna is a beautiful soundtrack. I love Zarkana, Zarkana. Um, and then I like the old ones too. I mean, Dralion. I love. Uh, yeah, the Stella uh, song from Dralion is beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. And at that and then, time, when, when you were like listening to Kidam and going to see shows and because you were already in the circus, did you, did you ever thought about trying to audition for Cirque du Soleil or like, was it something in your mind then, that you would want to perform on? You were already on that track. Like, I want to be something, uh, I want to be that big idea, that big, crazy thing. I, I would have loved it, but I have too much respect for the quality for the the for the the talent of of Cirque du Soleil to ever uh, insult them <laughs> with, by, by uh, auditioning myself. I'm Come just, on, don't I'm be not, so humble. My 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 personal talents, <laughs> I don't I don't think are uh, are compatible with Cirque du Soleil. I think that, I think that, that what what I've what I have excelled at. Is um is is a very different uh, type of, of performance than Cirque du Soleil, and, and as it relates to circus performance and clowning in particular, I just don't have the talent. How did you adapt what you learned in the circus into your stunts? How did circus yeah inspired you, or how you use that matter that you learned from and that you took from circus into your stunts? Um, I don't know that there was that much. I mean, before I found out about clown college, I never had a dream to be in the circus. I never had a dream to be a clown. Um, I, I've, I had a dream to become a stuntman, to become a crazy famous stuntman. Okay. And, um, and, and that was, I dropped out of college in 1993 And when I left college, uh, I said, I'm going to become a crazy famous time. And this is what I'm going to do. And it, it, uh, it, it didn't happen. You know, 1993, I'd left college. I was homeless until 1996. It was Whoa. three years, uh, three years. I was, I was legitimately homeless. 
And then in 1996, I was living with my sister and I found out about the clown college. And I thought at that point, okay, I'm not really uh, becoming successful to, to become a stuntman, but, but if I can go to this clown college and then I, then I will be a trained circus professional. Then I'll be, uh, then, then I'll have some legitimacy and, and that will help me to become a stuntman. You know, mm. people would take, people would take me more seriously as a stuntman if I can show that I'm a trained circus professional. Okay. And, and that was my motivation for becoming a clown. And, and I think that it, it worked pretty well. It actually, it not quite the way that I imagined that it would, but, but it did work and it did work very well. And I was able to, to work as a, as a clown while everything else uh, was, 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 you know, beginning to happen. Um, where do your passion for stunts comes from? Like, were you a fan of Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin or like the, later on? It, it wasn't that so much. It, it was really just, I was an attention whore, you know, like when I was, a kid, when I was, <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid, like when, when I, like my first stunts were, like uh, just trying to get attention in, in school, you know, I remember like I was in school and, uh, you know, during the, the, the lunch in the cafeteria, like, Hey, everybody look at me, look at me. And I would like, I opened up a salt shaker and just like poured the salt all in my mouth. And, you know, like, <laughs> like just stupid things like that. I would do crazy things to, uh, to try to make an impression on people. And, okay. uh, and that, that, that was, that was where, where it all started. Um, you asked before your question was, what did I take from the, from my circus training into my stunts? Yeah. And, uh, it, it was, um, you know, before I went to clown college, I was already doing, uh, you know, acrobatics. I was no, already, already doing, yeah, I was already doing a standing back tuck. You know, the, the backflip, I was mm -hmm. already doing the fire breathing. I was doing, um, like I, I would light my hand on fire and then, and then standing backflip simultaneous breathing the fire, breathing while, the fire I, while, yeah. I, while I flipped. That was something that was, that I loved. I was very proud of. And, and yeah, um, and that became one that, of your that, signature moves. This one, the back tuck yeah. while drawing fire. Uh -huh, the fire breathing back tuck. And that, that was before any of the circus stuff. Um, there's all like all of the, 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 you know, the arm stands, the, the arm mm -hmm. stand, you know, walking down the stairs and, and, and all that, that was, that was before the clowns. What, what I learned in clown college was uh, juggling clubs, riding a unicycle, uh, walking on stilts. Are you um, used the stilts in your stunts later on? Though. I did use the stilts. I definitely used the stilts in my stunts later on, but I don't think that I don't think that it's as much uh, significant the skills that I brought from the circus into the stunts as much as the confidence that uh, I brought from the yeah. circus into the stunts. It made me like it made me it made me proud. That, that I got into to clown college, you know, it made me proud that I had this experience and, uh, and that I had this training. It made me like, it gave me more confidence, like, uh, more belief in myself. Huh. And did you yeah, feel more in control because you learned all this stuff? So were you more confident and feel, okay, I got this, I know what I'm going to do. And, um, I don't know that I felt more in control. Um, 
I just think it was a it was a notch in my belt. You know, it was something that that I could say made me special. You know, it was something yeah. that it, it was something that um that I believed that in, increased. It made me more interesting. It, it made me uh, maybe more important. And um, they for sure you know, made you stand out in Jackass. Yeah, like you yeah. you stood yeah. out so much compared to the other gals uh-huh. because of all the circus skills you were bringing to the table. In, in some cases, in some, in some cases, I, I think so. Um, yeah, it was fantastic, man. It, it was, it was fantastic. I, I'm, I'm very grateful. Yeah, you're right. Do you have the, a favorite ring, discipline? Um, as, a, as, as a fan? As a fan, like, or yeah, something that yeah. you're more interested in watching. I, I just, I, I love, I, I mean, God, I love the juggling, like when there's a ju- juggling act and um, it's so, it's so impressive to me. I love all that, the acrobatics. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting that I'm a clown and a lot of the time the the clown parts of the Cirque shows are my least favorite. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the time I just don't get it. You know, a lot of the time the, the, the clowning, um, is, uh, you know, it, it, with, uh, with the major exception for, uh, for John Gelke. Oh yeah. yeah. You know who that is? Yeah. The, he, was, he was the clown from, from Kidam. Yeah. I re- I recently discovered that. I, I don't know if I should say this. I recently discovered that he's my neighbor. Oh really? Yeah. Is that the most amazing thing? Yeah. Were you super stoked when you realized that? Yeah, but but here's the problem, is that um he, he lives close enough to me that that my my dogs I we have all these fucking animals at my house we've got we've got uh two cats four dogs and three goats oh, yeah. all in my house. and 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 the, the the cats and the goats are really not a problem at all it's uh. It's it's we have we have two dogs that are all day long, all day they're barking, barking so loud, and they never stop. And I didn't know. I mean, not that it makes a difference, but John had like a big beard growing. I didn't recognize him. I just knew him as I I just knew him as a neighbor, like who who must hate me. Oh yeah, because of the dogs. Because, because of, and, and every whenever I'd see him, I'd be like, "Oh, Jim, I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do." <laughs> and then, he, and then he finally, and then, then he's he shaved, and uh, and I was talking to him, and I put it together like, "Oh my God, you're my hero." Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's like, so funny. Uh, you're the only clown in Cirque du Soleil that I ever liked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, not the only clown that I ever liked. It's definitely my man Pippo. Yeah, Pip, Pip, Pippo's amazing too. I, I don't. I'm not going to say that I don't like all of the clowning. I'm just going to say that that it's not all the, that I don't love it all. You know, mm-hmm. like um, I, I'm I'm pretty particular about what I enjoy, and I think that when it comes to clowns, for the most part, I like skills. You know, mm-hmm. I like clowns that with with skills, and that's why that's why John is so impressive to me. Yeah. Um, and then when you know, if there's anything that I like all the web stuff, you know, I use the term web, like whenever there's uh like, it's like with the scarves, you know, uh-huh. like yeah, uh, aerial silk and robes and stuff like that. Yeah. Whenever they're swinging around on robes or scarves, like any kind of web stuff, I, I'd rather see them actually go through the air. 
yeah. than, than be, be on a road. Yeah, know? but maybe because you so, know you're flipping yourself, you are doing saltos of bridges and stuff like that. So maybe yeah. you are connecting more with acrobats who are doing flips and who are yeah. like doing that. You're you can rely more to that. Yeah, I like I, I like I like the actual acro. I like the the aerials and yeah. the trapeze. Like, um, but yeah, but I, I love it all, man. Do you have a favorite shows? Like you talk about Kid Hammer a lot. Like I, it seems to be like a I show love, that really yeah. mark you, but do you have a yeah. favorite show? The one that you're like, oh, this is my all time favorite. I think that, that, uh, I liked the ones in the traveling Grand Chapiteau. Yeah. Big top Generally, shows. I, yeah. I like the big top shows more than the residential shows. And I can't really, I, 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 maybe I like the experience of it, but the, but the residential ones, um, I mean, I love them all. I think maybe because uh, when you go to a big top, it's, it's the tent and you have that atmosphere. It's not the same that in a theater, like I think circus, it has that dimension yeah. of traveling, going from city to city. So when yeah. you go into a big top, you, you have a piece of that history that goes with it, that you're, you see the trailers around, you go into the tent, trailers, you have like, yeah. it's, it's a new form of performing arts, but you have also like that heritage that come with it that you don't have in, in a theater for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that, that that's probably a, a, a big part of it. So the show is finally out. Many of you have been waiting for the release of Tapis Rouge and are now able to enjoy our new show. Want to know something awesome? You and your company can become part of our growth. If you want to support the show and grow your business in the same time, you can advertise here on our podcast. You can reach out to Radioactive Media, our advertising partner, who can help your company grow by leveraging the reach of this show as well as many other podcasts and radio programs. The Radioactive Media team can guide you through the entire advertising process. They offer to help you book and create a tailored campaign geared toward your targeted clientele, create the ads and even provide the analytics to make your marketing dollars go further. Simply reach out to radioactivemedia.com or text the word CLOWN to 511-511. Text CLOWN to 511-511 and Radioactive Media will help you team up with us. The most entertaining podcast of all things Cirque. Text CLOWN to 511-511 today. You may receive up to one additional text. Text STOP to opt out. And now, let's get back to the show. And you said you you have a lot of respect for Cirque du Soleil and Cirque du Soleil artists. And every time you come backstage after a, a Cirque show, you meet the artists and the artists meet you and they have a lot of respect for you. So what do you think that means? Or what do that say? I mean, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful at any time uh, that, that people who, uh, who, who I admire are, are aware of me. It's it's super cool, and I always love to go backstage and and see the, you know the, the training facility. Like it, it's so interesting 
to see that, you know, backstage they're doing everything that they do on the stage. And it almost feels like, how does this even fit? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> a lot of containers. <laughs> right. Um, I think that, uh, it's also just really, it's, it's really impressive and even confusing to imagine like with, like with the, the acrobatics, like with like, uh, you know, like to, to, to do that every day, sometimes two times a day, sometimes three times a day, like it's, uh, you know, and from my experience to do something that's like a, a high level of physicality or of, uh, you know, of danger or, or, you know, like, like acrobatics, like it's not like, I'm not always ready to do it. You know, like some yeah. skateboarding, you know, like I, it's not, it's not like, uh, something I can on command always do. Yeah. And, oh, for and, sure. And to always to do that every day at the highest level. It's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. I almost, it's scary to imagine yeah. it, but you know, I signed and, my contract for totem one year in advance. So I signed oh, in God. September to start in late August and I signed my contract. The director said, we are offering you the contract one year in advance so you can prepare yourself and you have to keep in mind, you're going to have to do your acts 10 times a week. So you need to start training for this right now. Like we know you can do your acts now, but now you need to train to be able to do your acts two times, sometimes three times a day, 400 shows. And and she told us that after I signed my contract, so I was, I was very shocked. I was really like, it's true. It's true. I'm going to have to do it so much. I didn't think about this, but at least we had one year to, you know, train in the gym and to like do the thing we need to do to actually arrive one year later and be ready to, right. to do like shows after shows after shows. Well, well, what is it? How is it explained to you if, uh, if you get injured, like if you're going to have an injury, and not be able to perform. Uh, this, I, mean, I imagine that they probably, uh, you know, take care of you, but still, because you're not working, they would compensate you less. Um, mm, it doesn't really work like that. So first, the concept of injury is something, you know, because working with your body, and I mean, you know, you work with your body too, like you, there is a difference between being injured and have like a body ache or having a little bit of inflammation here, or, you know, so first you learn how to maintain your body into that zone of like you're healthy and you can perform. But when you're in that zone of you're healthy and you can perform, it doesn't mean that you don't have little pain here or your pain there. It's just yeah. part of like everybody who works intensely to high performance goes through that reality. So the, and then, so that's the first step to understand how I can stay in that zone. So that goes with like, you know, training, nutrition, like healthy lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. Then when something happened, you get injured. We have physiotherapists who are following the show. So we have three physiotherapists on the show. And when you're injured right away, they take care of you. They assess you. If you need to see a doctor, you see a doctor right away. And then they put you on a rehabilitation plan right away. So then it depends. You can have injuries that prevent you only from doing your act, but you can still maybe do character stuff in the show. So then you don't, you stop doing your act, but you're still in the show. 
and some injuries will prevent you from doing anything. And when it's that you take a step back and you work with your physio to do your rehabilitation and go back healthy and strong as soon as possible. Um, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Um, do they have, uh, for most performers, is there an alternate? I know sometimes you, sometimes they'll lose an entire act because of injuries. And, yeah. uh, and then in those cases, maybe they'll, they'll bring in a, a different act to fill that time. Yeah. So most of the time you have a backup act that is an act that can go, that can replace different part of the show. So he's one artist gets injured. He gets pulled out of the show. His act is out of the show. Then you would have someone else doing another act and boom, that act goes instead. So then when you come to see the show, you don't have, you still have the same number of acts. Yeah. Or something else that happened is that you can have artists who are training to do the same act. So then if the main artist would get injured, he would be pulled out, but then the backup artist would go and it would be the same act, but performed by a different artist. Yeah. So fascinating. Yeah. And uh, when you go to see a Cirque du Soleil show, do you go with an expectation because you saw so many of them or do you go with a free mind? I would say that I don't, I go not knowing anything as far as what to expect. Um, I don't think that I would even, I, I wouldn't have a way of knowing what I was going to see and I wouldn't want to know what I was going to see, except of course, you know, that I know that, uh, Drally on played on television. Kidom played on television. You know, very, very little that I would know about, about certain shows. And are you still surprised after seeing so many shows, you go without expectation. Are you still surprised and are you still amazed by what you see when you come to Cirque shows? Then yes. Um, I, I think there's always something. There's always something that's original that I've never seen before. And then there's, you know, like more often there is, you know, a certain type of act that, that, that has other... Uh, you know, similar, that's similar to other acts and other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's tough. Circus, circus stuff is tough to make everything completely new all the time. Yes, it is. It's, it's a very long tradition for sure to, to reinvent the wheel over and <laughs> right. over again. It's not, it's not easy for sure. Right. But, but with that said, I think every show brings you something completely new that, that you've never seen. Yeah. And is there anything you would like to see in a Cirque du Soleil productions or any special wish? Like in Tatam, the, the, the Beaker guy, the juggling of the, the Mr. Beaker. Yes. Is, uh, that the scientist. Was, that was, yeah. That was completely original. Yeah. Tatam had, had a lot, a lot, a lot of original stuff. I feel like. Um, yeah, it's true. And, um, and yeah, would you ever want to see maybe some, some stunts, but in the same category of what you're doing, do you see that there would be you know, space for that kind of stuff in show? I know you, you <laughs> talked about it at the beginning, but do you think it would be ways to translate that type of vocabulary into a sexual? It's so, it's so interesting because I don't, I, I don't remember if it was, uh, for Jackass number two, or if it was for Jackass number three, but one of those two movies, 
they had a special meeting with the Jackass producers and the Cirque du Soleil people. Oh, really? About, about trying to figure out how to feature Cirque du Soleil in a Jackass movie. Oh, and, I didn't and, know that. That's all super interesting. They're, 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 and I can't remember if I was if I was at the meeting or not. I, I like maybe it was the Jackass number two, um, but but I know that that what they arrived at was that the world of Cirque du Soleil and the world of Jackass were very difficult to mix. Huh. You know, like um, I I think that's what what it was because. Um, with jackass everything goes wrong you know like it's, <laughs> it's kind of the idea like jackass is jackass is 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 basically you know like the the premise of what you do is like is like okay like we need something to go wrong so that you know, we're gonna create we're gonna create an accident and in in Cirque du Soleil like the idea is that everything is everything should go right and and uh to to take a Cirque du Soleil situation and make it go wrong, uh, you know, in a jackass way, it, I, they, they they just couldn't figure it out. They wanted to. They, they, I think they re- I think they really wanted to. They had meetings and they just couldn't figure it out. Yeah, yeah it's not and, easy and for I, sure. And I like that. You know, I, I like that because. Uh, you know, in, in some sense, I think I, I like the the you know, the art of Cirque du Soleil to be pure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, as as somebody who loves Cirque du Soleil, like I have so much respect for it. Like I kind of wouldn't want to see that oh, in, okay. uh, yeah. in in Jackass. I think. Uh, I, I think it's better that 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 didn't happen. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe. And uh, coming, yeah. coming back to clown, what do you think about humor in general? Because you, with what you do, you, mm, what you're doing is to make people laugh. And as a clown also, you learn how to make people laugh. Uh, and what do you I think, think about having to entertain different cultures? You know, people that have diff, people who have different sense of humor, like Americans, the way Americans laugh, the way British laugh, the way Japanese laugh. Like, how do you I, deal with this? I, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I mean, of course, like there's, there's, you know, you, you can have language barriers when, when, um, different audiences speak different languages, but I don't think that, that, uh, from one country to another country that they have a different sense of humor. I, I, I believe strongly that, that the instincts of of humans are, are pretty universal. I think that what one what what one country thinks is funny, I think another country is going to think is funny. Huh. And did you experience uh, this with what you do? Witness so, yeah. similar response from different culture with what you do? I, yeah. Uh huh. Very much so. And you know, I've traveled all, all over the world. I've performed all over the world. And the, the, the impression that I get is that people have the same sensibilities, even if they speak different languages, even if they're from different countries. Um, there are there are there's some cases where, uh, you know, people just aren't aware of certain things that you can like, you know, a joke might only work if uh, if it's, you know, based on something that everybody is familiar with. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
but yeah, I think, uh, I think human instincts are, are pretty universal. And, and I was thinking too about my favorites, my favorite clown act for sure, uh, would be the, um, the pickpocket act in Kuza. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's very funny. It's true. It was and very fucking good. Kuza, that's, that's impressive as hell. And you would think that when you, when you see that act, um, you would think, oh, they put the, they put the person in the audience. It was uh, planted. It's not. No, yeah. I, I know. It's real. I, yes, I know, the real deal. I know that in Kuza, the pickpocket, they, 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 that's not a plant. That's a real, a real thing. And it's, it's a major concern too. If, uh, if it's cold weather or if it's hot weather, like how much the person is wearing to be able to yeah. get into the pockets. Yeah, it's a real skill for sure. It is. Yeah, I have uh, my my buddy. Um, my buddy wrote that gag. The uh, this guy Stefan. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, I awesome. think I'm. Uh, I'm pretty sure he wrote that. He wrote that. Yeah, that's I love cool. it, man. But you know, yeah. I think coming back to what you were saying about the instinct and different culture, I think that when you do a flip, for example, like everybody is gonna go, wow. Yeah. So I for think sure. it's, it's and the risk, like when you stand on top of a tower, or when you do something like yeah. that, when there is danger involved, that reaches everybody the same way. For sure. I think uh, that we all humans are have the same fears. I think we have the same desires. I think we have the same like uh, we, you know, we 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 relate to everything in the same way. That's true. And do you think you could? make a list of all the seducer show that you saw alive. Uh, yeah. I mean, shoot, I, I counted them. I think I counted like 16 of them. 16 of um, them. Wow. Yeah. If I was, if I, if I, if I think off the top of my head, like, they would do the video. Okay. Lanuba in Orlando. I'm doing residential first. So yes. Lanuba. Oh, Zumanity. Ha. Mystere. Um, I think that's. Did you see Love, the, big, the Beatles show? In, nah, no, I, I, I like the purity. I don't like mixing. I don't care about the Beatles. I don't yeah. care about Michael Jackson. I don't <laughs> care about Elvis. And I don't. I don't like. I don't want to mix in like some other thing. I want one hundred percent pure Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's yeah, I don't, I that's don't, five already. I never. I know I never I never watched the Chris Angel. I never watched the Love. I never watched the Elvis. I never watched the Michael Jackson because I just want just certain. But yeah, that's five. And then um, Kidam, um, Jalian, Kuza, Lucia, Amaluna, um, Ovo. Um, you talked about Zarkana too. That, no, I didn't see it. that. That one, I only got the. Was it a curi curious? Curious, yeah. You saw Totem curi because curi you saw. Oh, yeah, Totem. Totem. I, I saw Iris and I saw Iris in Hollywood. John Gelke was in that one. Um, then what? To, why? Why can't I think of uh, there's the one that had uh, there's one that I've been trying to think of the soundtrack. Yeah, Amaluna. I think I already counted. There's one that um that the body juggling in it. Oh, uh, Barakai. Barakai. Yeah, I saw yes. Barakai. I said 15. 15. Barakai, Barakai. I love that soundtrack. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, my yeah, wife was a trapeze acrobat in Varica. The, the four girls on trapeze, this is how she started in Cirque du Soleil. Nice. So, so I'm, missing, I'm missing one to, uh, for, to, to count 16. Saltimanco, maybe? Nah, didn't see that one. Uh, did I see Alegria? I think it might have been Alegria. Yeah. Yeah. I think this, yeah. Power track, like Russian bar. 16. That's that's yeah. a lot. You're a real <laughs> you're a real fan. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm legit. <laughs> <laughs> and you definitely know your subject. You know your series. Oh, did you ever see Corteo? Corteo, no. I had I, I bought the soundtrack, but I never saw Corteo. Mm. And that was the Corteo, the, the soundtrack was so like old school it yeah. felt like it was it was it was like it was like Corteo felt like it was trying to not be modern somehow from the soundtrack and uh and and, and I wanted like I had trouble with that I didn't take to it as much it's the same the same director than Luzia it's Daniele Finzi Pascal oh, okay. who did okay, both good. Corteo and Luzia yeah, hopefully I said Kuza too because I really did enjoy Kuza. Yeah, remember Kuza? There was Kuza. There was uh, like a it was was it a teeter board like a teeter board thing? The, the, yeah, the, 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 teeter board the, the, with stilts and but with one stilt. It was yeah. with with one with one stilt bound. So it was a uni stilt, and they did the teeter board double backflip land yeah. on one stilt yeah it's crazy i saw that too it's incredible like you know uni stilts yeah it's and double back on it yeah. with the different state friends it's crazy it's yeah it's not yeah and um yeah i guess we can finish with this i have a funny question for you if aliens would come on earth oh. today how would you describe Cirque du Soleil to them i think I think what's important about Cirque du Soleil, I think that, that uh, Cirque du Soleil serves as a reminder or a, uh, an indication of the limitless potential that, that human beings have. You know, and I think that it's so important because to the aliens, you know, to the to the aliens, I would describe all of humanity as as you know the 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 overwhelming majority of human beings. All of human beings have this this limitless potential to be yeah. just to to be so uh, creative, so fulfilled, so uh, impressive. You know, so fantastic. And, and so few humans ever even understand their potential, let alone realize their potential. Yeah, it's so it's rare. Very true. Like, I think I think most human beings go through life very tragically, uh, never understanding or experiencing what it is to be great. I think most people don't enjoy their jobs. I think most people don't uh, really fulfill, you know, the, the 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 human urge, the human instinct to, uh, you know, to to accomplish some wonderful, fantastic feat. And um, for 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 so many people, 
it's it's like personally when I see this the Cirque du Soleil when I'm there, like I'll find myself actually crying. You know, I'll be crying because because it's so beautiful, it's so moving, it's so wonderful to to see what humans are capable of, and I think it's it's such an important thing to go to to, to the circus to to experience that because then when you leave the circus. Like when I leave the circus, do I think, oh, I'm going to become a trapeze artist? Like, no, it's not that. But but I leave the circus with the inspiration to understand that uh, that my potential is much greater than I, I routinely think of it. You know? Yeah, it's true. You I see them and you I, think if they can do this, maybe I can do something more myself. Yeah, right. And I think that that's I think that that is what uh, I would describe to the aliens is that we is that we have this we have this culture or we have this tradition we have this this pastime this uh, this activity where people go to experience the heights of of their potential and and when they leave this experience when they leave this circus they 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 had their you know uh they have this re regeneration of inspiration of uh of motivation of you know they 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 they've they they uh they experience they 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 realize they you know, they they go here to realize that their their dreams should be more fantastic that their potential is more fantastic that their ambitions should be more fantastic and uh and then that's what that's what's so beautiful about it yeah Wow, man, that's a beautiful, I think that's a perfect way to end our talk today. It's very inspiring and very beautiful. Thank you so much hey, for man. your words. And thank you so much for coming and sharing your passion with us. Hey, man, thank you. And, uh, and congrats, you know, congratulations for uh, being training again. Uh, yeah, thank you. And, uh, and, and thank God, Cirque is, is uh, returning. Yes, <laughs> thank God, it's true. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad. Awesome, man. Well, hey, take care, brother. Thank you. What a crazy guy. That was a lot of fun. And he does know he's Cirque du Soleil. Can you imagine? He saw 16 different shows. That's a real fan right there. Well, guys, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this very first episode of Tapis Rouge. If you like the show, subscribe, share, and give us your comments. Also, we are preparing a special Q&A episode. If you have any question, you can use the audio recording on your phone and send it to us on our Instagram at Tapirouge Podcast. We'll play it in the episode and answer all your questions. Okay, guys, I'll let you go now. Tune in next week, and until then, as we say in the circus... See you down the road. <laughs>